Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. And thank you for tuning in yesterday with my guest, Courtney Atmason, who is the author of Teachings from God, the 19-year-old author who has let God light her life, and that just is so amazing because these nowadays, everyone looks like they're in trouble. They need church in them, you know. What, we're losing our worth. We're losing our focus nowadays. We don't know what we're worth anymore. You see everybody twerking. Everybody's doing, showing their bodies. I mean, when do women get to this point where they have to show their body for every single thing? And come on now, we got to do better than that, people. We do. We seriously do. One of my friends, he's a great philosopher and promoter. You know, he's all about that type of stuff. And I look at his things, I'm like, he is so right. We we so used to being entertained that we miss out on the information. And is that what we really want for our children? Hmm? Is that what we want to teach them? I don't think so. And the only people who will get mad are the ones who don't want to hear the truth. But here with me today, because we, we love the spiritual things in our lives. We love that healing. Because like I said, this is a time for us to grow. Here with me today is a spiritual counselor, mentor, and coach who has taken an understanding of the soul and wonder and the wounded feminine to new cosmic depths. A modern seed who perceives life as energy and is sensitive to other dimensions. She began channeling spiritual messages in her teenage journals and later developed a practical system of spiritual healing and energy management through more than 30 years exploring the mind and psyche. Guided by her intuitive gifts, mystical experiences, and enlightened teachers from both Buddhist and Hindu traditions. This young lady is named Yul Swan. She realized she was an indigo adult expressing the wounded feminine on the planet. She noticed that some of her clients were also indigos, while most displayed many, but not all of the indigo features. While identifying the spiritual wounds and codependent patterns they all had in common, she discovered a feminine masculine soul spectrum that explains the central differences between the many soul types inhabiting the earth today. She's here with us to share her journey and profound insights in her new book, The Indigo Journal, Spiritual Healing for Indigo Adults and Other Feminine Souls, where she presents an in-depth view of the wounded feminine and indigo archetype as well as her spiritual healing system to help feminine souls and one willing to explore their feminine side, unlock their hidden power, discover their purpose, and balance their overly masculine world to bring in a new cosmic of light. So do call in at 347-426-3751 with your questions. Let's keep an open mind because we are here to learn, to grow, to share. That's all that we want to do this year, share and pass the information on. So, I'm not going to periscope today. I'm relaxing on that. We're not doing reality TV at all because sometimes you get a little crazy with that one, especially the ones who like to view. They make comments, and it's unnecessary. So today we're just going to sit back and listen, Then I don't have to look at your comments. So please do call in at 347-426-3751. Yo, yo, thank you so much for taking out your time out of your busy schedule to be with here with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Tignesha, for having me here today. Oh, it's wonderful. I really appreciate you for sending me your book. It's um, it's grand. I love it. I'm glad to hear that. I, I really want to know exactly um, indigo. When we talk about indigo, what exactly is that for others who may not know what that is? Yeah, indigo souls are um, what I call feminine souls with certain masculine aspects. So their their main features are that we're we're very very sensitive, you know, highly sensitive both emotionally and otherwise sensitive to the environment, uh, to chemicals, uh, to other other people's uh, energy and emotions, because we're 
feminine souls, which means we're very receptive and intuitive. Uh, we have this non-cognitive perception. And that also makes us very empathic and compassionate, very connected to uh, the earth, you know, to nature, to animals. Uh, and another feature that's very important in indigos um, and feminine souls in general, but for indigos it's very, very uh prominent it's it's how creative and solution oriented we are and bound to the truth hungry for a deeper understanding we don't like to take things at face value and we don't like to be controlled we we need to you know we're free spirits we need to have our space and our saying even uh as as children and um for and, and also you know one of the very important features that not all feminine souls have because it's more of a masculine quality is that we need to find a sense of purpose and we'll keep our lives um, searching searching for that purpose uh, because we're goal oriented we need to have a goal if we don't have goals we get depressed we get anxious we feel like we're floating out in space with nothing to hold on to and that's uh you know we, we makes us feel very disconnected um, and because of all these features, indigos tend to feel out of place. I've heard many of them say, I just want to go home. <laughs> I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't understand this world, and I don't I don't uh, want to participate. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. Because it has become so excessively masculine and all the the feminine qualities of love and compassion and, and intuition and flexibility, re- receptivity have been um, distorted or manipulated to, you know, kind of maintain the status quo. And so I always describe indigos as highly creative, pathic uh, visionaries who feel like the ugly duckling in the world. Okay. And, you know, um, I was just thinking about how you said I was trying to fit in. That kind of reminds me of your chapter in your book where you was talking about trying to fit in, but not really. And I love, I love the title, like, you trying to fit in? No, not really. I'm just, I'm just going to be me. <laughs> I'm going to be me by the end of the day. Now, yo, I never heard of um, indigo children. This is my first time actually hearing of them. Now, some out here listening now probably have. But you also claim the indigos they come in all ages and personalities. Can anyone be an indigo? Can I be an indigo? Uh yes. You know, uh I think uh one of the issues with indigos is that they're they don't understand that they are a different type of soul and so we tend to feel just out of place and flawed and and wrong and we want to we want to belong you know that's what uh, the, the, that chapter is trying to fit in but not really we do want to belong we want to participate we want to be um, part of our family our community you know the the different groups that we find ourselves in but there's always the sense that we're different because our perception of things is completely different than uh, what we uh, see others. And also our sensitivity makes us different because it seems that everyone else has a, a thicker skin. So uh, we just grow, we grow feeling out of place and disconnected, not realizing that uh, it's those feminine qualities that makes us feel separate and disconnected, but they're, we're not really here to fit in. We're actually here to bring in uh, a different way of, connecting, of teaching, of parenting, or creating businesses. We're here to mm-hmm. kind of bring in a transformation uh, right. you know, and reestablish the feminine on the planet. So anybody can be an indigo as long as they feel, you know, really sensitive, they're intuitive, they can sense um, things or, see, uh, you know, entities or energies that other people are not necessarily aware of. They're uh, connected to nature and animals. We get very upset about what happens on the planet, you know, how it's been destroyed and how animals are treated and, you know, how uh, uh, there's so much injustice and suffering. Because we have those feminine qualities, we kind of feel the pain of the the world. Um, And, of course, 
we also feel out of place because the, you know, the educational system and the business, the typical business type of system and the typical uh, dynamics uh, that we find in relationships do not fit these uh, emotional and spiritual needs that we come with that are more uh, prone or more directed towards community, connection, love, uh, you know, peace, more balance. Uh, as opposed to competition and power and greed and uh, lost and all those things that we see so prominent in the world today. Right. And, you know, I was doing a little research myself uh, on the indigo children, you know, um, and it was saying, you know, that the indigo child is actually here to bring us closer to our true essence. And what you just mentioned about um, connectedness, the truth is we have forgotten who we are and how our minds are connected to each other. And indigos remember, and they have an inner knowing that far exceeds our psychic abilities. Um, it sounds it sounds strange, but, you know, all this is part of the universe. This is stuff surrounding us that we don't even know what's going on in between all these different worlds. We're sleeping, but um, apparently they're not. Well, um as children, we all have a different awareness of things. You know, we're, we're closer to our true self, to our uh, inner voice, and that, uh, you know, the creative and, and, and joyful impulse of life. But as we grow up, we have to, you know, learn behaviors and assume certain roles and kind of learn the rules of being in the world. And then we go to school and we have, you know, the standardized kind of way of learning and so on. And so we lose touch with that. Indigo children lose touch with that. And that's why we feel so disconnected when we become adults and have to deal with responsibilities and all sorts of things in a world that still doesn't make sense to us. But the the, the tragedy of indigos is that, and of all feminine souls really, is that our voice has been squelched. And because of the masculine qualities we also possess, that can make us very resentful and angry as opposed, and, and disconnect us more, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, healing those wounds and really bringing in, uh, into the world what we're here to share, what we're here to expand, and what we're here to transform. Some indigos are already doing that. You know, those are the creative visionaries you see out there uh, planting seeds for transformation, but a lot of them are still hurt and unaware that they're indigos and just feeling unloved and out of place. And the purpose right. of this is precisely to help them recognize themselves and have tools uh, to heal those wounds and, and feel uh, more empowered to bring forth, you know, to contribute what they're here to contribute. Okay. It's starting to make uh, um, a lot of sense now to me. Um, But it took you a long time, yo, to realize you were an indigo adult. Are most indigo adults adults unaware of being indigo? Yes, that's one thing that I've noticed. Um, When I first realized I was an indigo, you know, first of all, it took me quite a while to, to, to learn that I was an indigo, to really understand what it meant. Uh, after years of psychotherapy and on the spiritual path and, uh, uh, you know, trying to navigate life and always feeling there was a piece missing that I didn't quite fit in um, and eventually, uh, you know, kind of sad events, grieving process after a divorce brought me to the understanding that Everything that I had gone through had a purpose, and it was to really understand inside and out, you know, and, and, and from a deep uh, experience of, of what it, it means to be an indigo so that I could help others understand. First of all, that I could recognize them and then uh, help them uh, heal their wounds and, and, uh, and you know, feel more, more connected, more grounded, more centered in themselves. So... I've noticed ever since, first with my clients and then in general, you know, the people that I talk to and connect with, that uh, they just don't understand 
what's going on. They just feel lost, they're very alone, you know, especially uh, very uh, disheartened because, you know, they tend to feel very powerless. They don't recognize, they haven't tapped into that incredible creative power that indigos possess uh, that are, and because it's meant to, to transform the world, but they're just being so squelched, you know, so suppressed and feeling so small and insignificant because they don't fit in, because they feel like they're not being heard, they're not being seen, they're not being understood, even by those uh, they love that are close to them. Um, and I can totally relate to that. I mean, so I can see that those patterns in, in the indigos and in general feminine souls, and, and, and that's why I'm here to help them recognize them, heal, integrate all the different aspects of themselves so that they can feel more empowered and, and, and really feel part of this world because we are part. We are here for a reason, right? <laughs> right. She called, Yo says she's calling you out. She wants you to recognize your true gift. You're indigo. That's what she's here to do. She's here to pull it out of you and don't shy away from the truth today. That's exactly what we want to do. Um, Yo, so what are the most significant features of indigo souls? The the most significant that are uh, distinguishes indigos from any other feminine soul, feeling um, highly sensitive, uh, very uh, you know freedom oriented, and driven by a sense of purpose. You know, um, because all feminine souls are receptive and intuitive. They're empathic. They're compassionate. They're uh, drawn to metaphysical and spiritual subjects. You know, they're connected to nature and animals because all of that is feminine. It belongs to the feminine. But the masculine qualities that separate indigos from other feminine souls are, first, they're, you know, they're they're freedom-seeking nature. They don't want to be bound. They don't want to be controlled. And they're going to fight, you know, uh, authority and, and... you know, things that are not explained to them, uh, even as children. You know, these are children that are not going to just fit in the typical educational model or or parenting models. Uh, They're here to be respected and to be heard. Um, And also the most, I guess the, the, yeah, the the, the most predominant masculine quality is also seeking that sense of purpose. If we don't have a purpose on a regular basis, we get depressed. Don't have um, the feeling that we are, that we're meant to be doing something, that we're here for, for, you know, that our life has that meaning, you know, to participate in the world. We just disconnect and, and, and feel, you know, like it's, life is not worth it. And Indigo's, um, Many feminine souls, but indigos tend to get depressed, uh, you know, get addicted to things. Uh, they um, they also suffer from anxiety, you know, like the world is overwhelming because uh, they're so receptive that it, they are constantly getting a lot of the energy around them and they're not aware of that. Uh, and that's a feminine quality, of course. But um, in general... The indigos that I've met, even even at a young age, feel very anxious and depressed and discouraged. Like they're trying to learn about the world, but the world does not make sense to them. Wow, this is mind blowing. Yeah, this this really will blow your mind. It, it really is. This is some deep stuff, y'all. I mean just to know that this is actually going on around us, and I would never have known if I never contacted you about this. Now, we spoke, we're spoke. we speaking a lot about feminine. So um, getting to the next question on there, what are the main differences between the soul types you describe in your feminine, masculine, soul spectrum? Well, all, all souls are have a... You know, they're like a compound of of feminine and masculine layers or aspects, and so we all have feminine and masculine within us. The 
the main difference is that at the core of the soul, you know, at the very origin of, of that soul, uh, we have either a, a tendency towards the feminine or towards the masculine because both principles need to interact and play and, and, and always be, um, you know, interacting with each other uh, for creation to unfold and expand and all that. Without that interaction, nothing would move. You know, we would be very stagnant. <laughs> so it's that interaction of feminine and masculine principles and qualities that bring, uh, you know, the expansion of, of the universe. And so from the beginning when the... You know, when creation started, so to speak, you know, when consciousness decided to become uh, aware of itself and manifest in many shapes and forms, it kind of split into the feminine and masculine. So souls, you know, that come from that same um, infinite consciousness, you know, that cosmic mind, uh, also carry both principles do maintain that inter- interplay. And so feminine souls are going to always be uh, drawn or, or um, wired to, to, towards the feminine, which is the receptive, which is uh, the creative, the compassionate, the intuitive. So it, it's more of a receptive quality. And the masculine souls are always going to be... Uh, moving towards the more action-oriented, you know, that's the logical, uh, reasonable, or uh, more structured, more compartmentalized way of of uh, perceiving and, and doing things. And we need both, of course. We need that receptivity to understand, to absorb, to learn, and we need the masculine to to take action and do things and accomplish things and, of course, uh, um, you know, bring bring this human experience to to a better place. Although we've all uh, obviously done <laughs> the opposite because the world has become so excessively masculine. So it's very much attached to the physical senses, to the rational mind, the logical aspect, and and the more compassionate and loving and intuitive aspects have been you know left behind. So the the differences between uh, the the souls that are inhabiting the earth today are that they either tend towards the feminine or the masculine. And, of course, there's a gradation. And so on the feminine side, we're going to find souls that are more of the mother archetype or the lover archetype or um, the wounded child archetype, the one that has lost its voice because that's, you know, the wounded feminine. And on the masculine side, we're going to find more uh, action-oriented types of souls. So we're going to find the, you know, the father archetype, the, the 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 builder archetype, the king, you know, the the one who likes power. And of course, at the extreme of that are what I call martial souls, uh, in charge of this planet and controlling everything for thousands of years. That bring, of course, war and destruction and and kind of experiment with the rest of us. So we, we get both extremes. On the extreme of the feminine are the highly enlightened saints and, and teachers that have uh, reached that complete surrender to their divinity, you know. And on the uh, masculine extreme is the wars that want to, you know, promote war and, uh, and guns and, you know, have power no matter what, no matter what the price. Um, and, and so between those two extremes, we have everything that we see now in the world. And indigos tend to be um, in the middle. That, so Because we are still very feminine, but we, are, um, we also have mas- masculine qualities. And that's what makes the indigo archetype a very empowering archetype for feminine souls. Because it integrates the feminine, you know, it's still very receptive, intuitive, and compassionate and loving, but... It's also action-oriented. It needs, you know, goals and can utilize the excessive masculine energy in the world to flip things around, you know, to transform what's already here and to create new new ways and new models of doing things um, to bring in more of the 
feminine to integrate those better. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> um, it does, y'all. It sure does. It answered it just well enough for me to just really just connect all that because you gotta have you gotta have both. You gotta have your feminine. You gotta have your masculine. Just like we had Adam and Eve. So all this kind of goes all the way back when you think about it. Um, now there are so many different soul types, but what distinguish distinguishes indigos from other soul types? I think it's the that creative impulse more okay. than anything. It's very strong in, in, in indigos. You know, they have all the feminine qualities and they have or we have the the goal oriented. But it's that creative um impulse. It, it's an indigo without a creative outlet again, feels disconnected and, you know, depressed and doesn't uh, know what to do with itself. And and I think that the indigo archetype is actually um, uh, represents that creative impulse in everyone. That's why I use that archetype as a model for any, for other feminine souls and masculine souls close to the, to the feminine as well. You know, so who, anyone who wants to, explore those feminine aspects and bring forth that creative energy that flows through everyone uh, is, is going to feel more empowered and more centered and more in charge of his or her life than, than the rest of, of, you know, the population. Right. Also, according to your book, feminine souls, and especially indigos, fell out of place, and they suffer from emotional issues like depression and anxiety, and um, I have heard those never had anyone to experience them around me. Why is that? Well, it's it's mainly because they are highly sensitive and receptive. And so what happens is that they're uh, empaths, you know, so they're very empathic to what goes around them. Uh, and they're absorbing energy that doesn't necessarily belong to them. You know, they're just absorbing emotional energy. Another aspect of indigos is that because we're warrior type of souls, you know, peaceful warriors, but warriors, you know, we have this uh, inner strength that shows uh, in the face of trauma or difficult situations. And people sense that, you know, even within our families. And so they start kind of making us responsible for those things they don't want to deal with, especially emotionally. And so indigos uh, are usually, you know, raised as the responsible ones, not because they're going to be, you know, following the rules and all that, but more emotionally speaking. Like they take responsibility for other people. And they uh, they want to help. You know, we're very service-oriented. That's another quality of the feminine. So we, we want to help and we, we take responsibility for what's around us, the imbalanced energy around us, but we're not necessarily aware that we're taking that on and it's overwhelming. So after a while, we feel, you know, like 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 life is not worth living and or we're very uh, anxious you know we have so much creative energy that when it's not focused and we're not clear about our boundaries mm-hmm. uh, it gets scattered and that's you know what creates a lot of anxiety uh it's that receptivity you know that sensitivity but and and, and empathic nature that uh that can bring that if we don't have clear boundaries and if we don't recognize, you know, where we end and others begin and what we want and have clarity about what our path and purpose is here. That's our our life-saving, you know, like our saving grace is to have a purpose, a creative uh, focus. Right, right. And I I, I was doing it, I did, because I'm always doing extra reading. It's always good to do so and you know, I was wondering about the transition, you know, feeling why they feel anxious and depressed. And they said the first key is the feeling. The key to actually understand this is true to your feelings is that when you enter this process, you undertake to clear away all the repressions and the blocks that you have put in place since childhood to really help you cope with life. And often as a child, you found life maybe too painful and you develop ways of blocking out these painful feelings. And then it goes on to 
maybe like the second key is perception, to managing the intense feelings that move through you, and then you have also the third key, which is creativity and self-expression. Yes. Yeah, that that's um, because, like, like I mentioned earlier, as we grow up, we have to take on these roles and, you know, create these self-images to navigate right. life. If we are deeply uh, sensitive, that's not enough. There's always the discomfort. There's always the emotional suffering. There's always the, the unresolved uh, emotions that, you know, come up and we need to uh, look within and, and really understand what motivates us, what what's triggering what, what are the patterns that we carry from our uh, upbringing and from past lives as well, and and what how we can manage our energy, our energy better to remain more self disciplined and focused and and anchored in, in in who we are to feel more whole, more connected to ourselves and the planet. I, I got you, and it's almost. If you think about it, you you become a human angel. So we we have human <laughs> angels walk around us. Yeah, I think we're all angels. <laughs> it's just right. that in this dense third dimension, uh, it doesn't feel like it because the the physical senses overpower that awareness. You know that uh, connection to the heart intelligence. Right, uh, you know, it made me also think about what my coworker was mentioning yesterday because my manager was asking uh, both of us, you know, um, the times that we go outside, do we look up at the sky, you know, do we see stars? And I told him, not here in Georgia, I don't really see as many stars, but when I went to Tennessee, the sky was lit with so many of them. It was beautiful. And my coworker went into the fact, you know, about fallen stars, fallen angels, Um and it was it was a deep conversation. She didn't want to get into it because when it comes to religion or anything else, it always be a big debate about it, you know. Because you know, of of course, Lucifer, he was once an um, angel himself, but he fell. So we got into that, and the fact that she said when she see a star, you know, that's a falling that's a falling angel, and it was just it, it just amazed me. Like this is kind of to me in connection with that when you speak on it, y'all. But um, we're going to end up taking a break, and we're going to come back with y'all. We're going to discuss more about her book. So please do not touch that dial. Remember, you can call in at 347-426-3751. And if you're listening to the replay, hey, leave your comments for me on Facebook. Glad to hear them. But we'll be right back after this. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk. Blog Talk Radio, baby. Sensory sensitivity, repetitious behavior, lack of eye contact. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You use tearless baby shampoo because it's gentle on your baby's eyes. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You always test the bath water to make sure it's not too hot. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You make sure she wears a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You put on his sunscreen, even when he's embarrassed his friends will see. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Is your child facing the right way in the car seat? Is the seat too big or too small? How do you know when it's time to move your child into the next type of seat? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. If you missed most of it, I'm here with Yul Swan, who is a spiritual counselor and coach who has seen the understanding of the soul and the wounded feminine to new cosmic depths in her new book, The Indigo Journal, Spiritual Healing for Indigo Adults and Other Feminine Souls. And she's teaching us 
with the fact that you could be an indigo adult and you probably don't know it. You probably don't want to shine that light, but don't worry. You are actually a human angel. We're all angels, and we're here to share our gift, our love, and pass it on. And that's what we're doing. We're channeling, we're channeling that spiritual light within us. That's what we want to do because this is our year to actually grow. Now, um, yo, get back to the feminine and masculine um, soul. What are the feminine and masculine layers of the soul, actually? Well, the the soul is um, is an individual spark of consciousness, and mm-hmm. it's wrapped in this complex system of energy layers and networks. And you know, they're like nesting shades. Like if you had a lamp, you know, at the core is, is the light, pure consciousness, and then you have these shades that make us experience life as individuals. You know, uh, and so. These uh, layers are both feminine and masculine, um, alternating. The, the the deepest one, the one that's closest to the to the self or spirit, is feminine because uh, it's a spiritual layer where where your spiritual senses lie hidden. You know, it, it remain they remain in the subconscious. It's the deeper the deeper aspect of ourselves. And um, that's also where we hold the recognition of our divine nature, you know, and, and where we cr- hold that creative power, thinking about that, um, that we actually use to shape our reality with. Um, then comes the mental layer, which is masculine. It's the intellectual aspect that gives us, you know, the ability to judge and discriminate um, and to learn from others, from our experiences, to remember things and all that. And it expresses the light of consciousness. Um, then comes the emotional layer, uh, which is the feminine aspect of the mind, and it's connected to our sensory perception, as well as the intelligence of the heart, where we express love and where the actual soul resides. You know, it's at that level. And then there's an energy uh, layer uh, or prana layer, which is neutral. Uh, because its quality really depends on um, what other aspects are directing it. So it can be, you know, physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, uh, and that energy kind of keeps all the other layers together and attaches them to the physical body. So when we die and we drop the physical uh, layer or the physical body, we uh, we continue, you know, it keeps together the other uh layers to continue evolving and uh and and reincarnating and all that. Um so then comes the physical body of course um that only uh is present when we are incarnated here in this physical reality and it's the densest the grossest layer uh, and it has both feminine and masculine qualities because our physical senses are receptive you know there are windows of perception that are open um, 24-7, really. Um, and then we have the organs of action, you know, the muscles and all the, the other organs that allow us to take action. And so the physical body is a manifestation of the mind um, and it becomes a vehicle of expression and action for the other layers of the soul. So we have both feminine and masculine, always interacting, you know, one cannot go without the other. And, of course, depending on uh, where we're at, you know, in terms of spiritual or personal growth, we're going to be nurturing some more than others. Uh, And masculine souls are going to tend to uh, nurture more the masculine aspects. Feminine souls are going to tend to nurture more the feminine aspects. Uh, But we need to both find a balance and learn from each other and interact in a more um, loving and kind of uh, cooperative way so that we can really master both aspects and, and create a perfect balance of feminine and masculine. Oh, oh! Sorry about that. Almost had a little disconnection, but we back with y'all um, now. Yo, um, please explain what you mean when you say that the ego, a virtual layer of the mind. 
Yeah, the the ego is a, a virtual layer because it doesn't really exist. It's just mm-hmm. formed by the identification of the mental and emotional layers with the physical body, with the physical senses. So the ego okay. holds both feminine and masculine aspects, but it, it kind of it allows us to experience things as a separate entity. That's what uh, that's what it does, you know. So we beho- become individuals, you know, in the, with individual perception and uh, individual will. But it only exists when uh, when we're incarnated, and because it's so um, identified with the mental and emotional. I mean, it's with the physical senses. I, I, I mean, it's so identified with that it makes us believe that only what's out there, what's tangible, what's physical is real. We need to really learn to transcend that ego to reach deeper aspects of ourselves, deeper aspects of the soul, uh, to feel more empowered, connected, and and also recognize our own divine nature. Okay. Now, now we, we coined... You actually coined the term sense of otherness as an aspect of the ego that keeps us emotionally in the past. What is it and how can we transform it? Yeah, I coined the, the, the term sense of otherness because that's the aspect of the ego that uh, kicks in when we interact with others. And it's formed uh, as we grow up. Uh, through our interactions with others, especially with authority figures, you know, like our parents and teachers and older siblings and and relatives and so on. Uh, so the ego has also both aspects, of course, feminine and masculine. The feminine is, is more uh, the aspect that connects us to our sense of self, our sense of individuality, and can actually, you know, when we transcend it, lead us directly to our to our true self, you know, to to our true spirit. Um, but the masculine is is more oriented towards the external, you know, towards the world. So it kicks in every time we are interacting with others, or when we are doing something that's uh, external, like a project or a goal or job. You know, it it always uh, gets activated. When we're in, when we're not just with ourselves, you know, alone um, in our little head, but it's it's outside, uh, and so it's like um, like a coat that we put on uh, when we're growing up, and then we forget that we're wearing, and it holds all the mental and emotional patterns that we have uh, internalized, you know, and 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 created through that interaction with authority figures and, and those who have some power or control over us, or even, you know, those who are we interact with that may not be like that. They may be more loving, uh, but they are not us. They're, they're others. And so uh, because we live in such a dysfunctional world, that sense of otherness tends to be very overpowering. It tends to squelch that sense of self, that inner voice that connects us to our truth. Uh, And, you know, I call it an inner bully because it becomes these internalized voices and dynamics that sabotage uh, our our projects, our dreams, our desires. And its function is really to keep us in the past, to keep us safe, so to speak, within familiar dynamics and familiar situations that we tend to recreate as we, you know, get older because they're familiar and as long as it's not the unknown, it feels safer than trying something new. And so that sense of otherness keeps us kind of limited in in, in a comfort zone that we need to stretch and break free from if we want to grow personally, if we want to grow spiritually, if we want to transform ourselves and the world. Right. And you and that's and you talk so much about that, especially in the chapter Are You a Feminine Soul and a Go Adult? Um, where we're talking about, you know, the other personal tra- traits result from your individual history and reaction to a dysfunctional which she just mentioned, ego based word that doesn't resonate with your internal 
wiring. These are the aspects that keep you disempowered and should disappear as you heal your emotional and spiritual wounds, honoring your true nature. They will also be gone in future generations as the world veers farther into a feminine cycle. So the more, to me, when you get, the better that your mind becomes because, see, that mind is very powerful. Once you start getting rid of those negative thoughts and it becomes stronger, see, that ego starts wearing away. And as you all said, ego can be very negative. Oh, yeah, it can get the best of you. Just like Beyonce, you got a big ego. A lot of people have a big ego, and it can be very threatening. Yeah, it is very tricky because it knows you better than you know yourself. And it has access to all the, you know, the mental and emotional files within you, everything that's in the subconscious and, and, and what's conscious as well. So it can always trick you into remaining trapped in the past, which is that comfort zone that I was talking about. You know, I'm I'm talking about an emotional comfort zone. And so uh, we kind of, there's a mismatch. You know, we grow older and, and physically, you know, we continue growing. Mentally, we continue growing and learning and expanding. But emotionally, everybody tends to get stuck in that, you know, unresolved childhood experiences uh, because we didn't have the emotional and intellectual capacity to really process and understand that. And if we didn't have someone to guide us through that process, we get stuck there in that wounded child archetype. And so, uh, you know, to to really feel empowered and grow and help uh, bring things to a better place, we need to bring that past, you know, integrate that past, heal that past, integrate it into our present and and to create a better future. We need to learn about ourselves, understand ourselves, accept the good, the bad, and the ugly. We need to really integrate our soul in that way. Right. I totally agree. And And that's what you mainly, you stress a lot. Even throughout this book, you stress that everybody needs spiritual healing. Why is that? Because I believe they do, too, and I think they need it because they're lost. We have lost people who think they're alive. Where You're actually a dead soul walking around right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's like um, a world where many, many people are like walking zombies out of bed because they're asleep, right? <laughs> so, yeah, everybody needs healing because um, it's really challenging to navigate life in a physical body. It's not easy because the spiritual senses are always pulling you in different directions, always uh, making you attached to things, to people, to situations, seeking pleasure, seeking, you know, uh, happiness outside of yourself. And so the more we do that, the more disconnected uh, we become from the flow of consciousness that is really a, a, a deeper aspect of ourselves. We need to look within to, to tap into that, to find that. So we are obviously individual souls that need to go through a full spectrum of human experiences. So we, we go from, you know, not just in, in this lifetime from or being born, you know, being a baby all the way to when we die, but also through our uh, spiritual journey as a soul, we go through many incarnations. And in the process of learning and learning to ma- uh, navigate the world and master these different energies, you know, the emotional, the mental, the physical energy, we we make mistakes, you know, and we behave in not very evolved ways and, and we cause suffering and we create suffering for ourselves as well because we get attached to things we cannot have or or we fight for things that uh, cause more suffering later. Uh, and so we, we kind of disconnect from ourselves, and we need to come back and try again and again and again to heal uh, the wounds that we carry within ourselves and also the wounds that we create in others and the planet. So in this sense, healing is really the growth that we need to transcend our individuality, to transcend that ego-based perception and uh, and sensory perception and realize 
our divine nature and how we are all connected and everything we do affects everyone because we're all connected through, you know, the, the, the collective subconscious and through the many layers of energy that we're always exchanging and continuously uh, interacting with. So the more connected we are, the more um, we nurture our wounds and grow personally, the more we contribute to the collective growth as well, you know, to the betterment of the world. But, But to do that, we need to step back from just the physical senses and what the physical perception is, is telling us that's real and looking within to find, um, you know, how to transcend that physical so that we can remain more connected to a higher awareness, you know, higher consciousness while still being in the physical and experiencing, uh, you know, the physical human experience. Right. And that's and that's another thing that you claim, you know, we've been disconnected from the divine feminine and sunk into the third dimension during the civilization of Atlantis, to be exact. Um, how did you go about discovering this, and why is it significant today? Well, um, I mentioned earlier that uh, my discovery of being an indigo expressing the wounded feminine came about through a grieving process. And, of course, this happened after many, many years of self-exploration, spiritual, um, being on the spiritual path, you know, spiritual practices, um, surrendering, you know, to, to divine will. And so it was like really this big opening uh, through that grieving process, touching the, the wounded, the deeply wounded feminine that we all share. And um, I, I've always had to, perceive life as energy, and to see the past, you know, like past lives and things like that. And so it really drove me towards remembering life in Atlantis and uh, and how things came about to, to you know, this uh, disaster and how we fell from that uh, level of awareness and that dimension, which was fifth dimension, into this third dimension of physical density and how we had to start all over and, you know, build the, rebuild the world or, or um, try to clean the mess in a way uh, until we got to where we're at now, which obviously has not uh, quite happened the way we expect, expected. But it's also because when we were falling from um, into third dimension, we were transitioning towards a masculine cycle. And so now we've reached the extreme of masculinity and we're transitioning back into a feminine cycle. And that's what we're seeing. We're experiencing a a little bit more awareness and a little bit more um, willingness to change things, to transform things, you know, questioning what's going on and what we've made of the world uh, the things that we do on a regular basis, the the way we connect with people, even the things we eat, you know, how we live our lives. We're questioning all that because we're trying to turn things around and, and bring in uh, a feminine cosmic cycle. Very significant to understand that we sunk into third dimension and we've been in a prison uh, planet for, you know, more than 10,000 years and that we're getting out now. So we really need to contribute and uh, nurture our wounds and become more whole, more uh, positive, more um, connected to ourselves and to those spiritual senses within, you know, to our spiritual nature to bring that in and make something uh, much better than what we're seeing right now. Right now it's like the extreme of uh, masculinity, the extreme of density, and that's why it's so crazy. I mean, it's really intense, right? <laughs> but we're we need to not be so focused on that, on on what's wrong and what's so intense, but more focused on what we can do on our little, you know, world in our in our little ways, in our individual ways to to shift that around and bring more awareness and more love into this world. Right. 
Exactly. And I hope people who are listening that you understand that. That's all Joe wants to do is share that love and pass it on. It feels good to get some of this information like that because we need a lot of people, like I said, are so lost. They don't know which way to go. And I just hope that just listening to this will guide them on the right path, yo, today. Um, yo, according, you know, you know, do you have um, any specific program to help people master the different tools you provide in your book? Um, yes, actually, I wanted to mention that uh, people can go to my main business uh, website, which is soulguidedcoach.com, uh, where I teach people how to live a soul-guided life. And I provide a variety of um, services, like private spiritual counseling, uh, conscious business coaching to bring in more feminine models of business. Uh, I also have an individual Indigo Soul Healing program um, and energy healing. And I'm launching a couple of group programs this year that are based on the book, you know, so they're... Uh, like a more personalized way to to master the tools uh, provided in the book. And one is Unlock Your Hidden Power for Self-Healing, Abundance, and Joy. And, and then later on, uh, another one is Discover Your Life Purpose to Experience and Contribute Your Full Potential. So those two group programs are going to be, um, you know, for people who cannot afford me individually, <laughs> uh, to, to really understand what the book is, is providing, you know, what the tools are, what the insights are, um, all the spiritual philosophy and the, and the healing system that I, that I provide there on a more practical level. So, you know, so that questions are addressed and, you know, we go step by step and I guide them uh, through the whole process so they can feel more, integrated, more connected, more grounded, more centered, and, and especially more clear about who they are and what they're here to do, uh, what, why their contribution is so important right now to really bring change and, and, and peace and happiness for all. And again, the, the website is soulguidedcoach.com. And the book, uh, The Indigo Journals, Spiritual Healing for Indigo Adults and Other Feminine Souls is available on Amazon, uh, both in print and as an ebook, and in other places. But Amazon is the you know the easiest way to get it. Uh, and if they want to learn more about the book in particular, they can go to theindigojournals.com as well. Right, and you can also find it on iTunes and in, and in any other select bookstores. And if you want to contact Yo, you can find her on Twitter at So at So Got It Coach. Um, Yo, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. I hope someone today got a full of grace of of good information. Thank you so much, and I hope when you do come out with any other information or any other books to have you back on. Oh, thank you for having me, Tignisha. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been fun are, being here, and I really appreciate you inviting me. You are so welcome. And this message is for y'all and any other listeners out there. The truth of the day is this. Everything in your life has the potential to inspire you. Through using your imagination and creative abilities, you can become inspired by any life event. Creativity and imagination allow you to think and act inventively. This will assist you in application of all your ideas. You can add a touch of excitement or an element of bliss to any ordinary moment or project. Always remember that nothing is commonplace in nature. It is only your perception that make routine activities seem dull. Change your perception and your routine activities will be filled with a, a brilliance that will inspire you and the other people around you. Today, unearth the lost creative possibilities that exist in many areas of your life. Enjoy the day, everyone, and leaving you with this as always. Either your mind expands to match your goals or your goals will shrink to match your mind. Let's grow, everyone. You have a blessed one. I'll see you next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. 
Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 